Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a supporter of an increased minimum wage. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today in 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower raised the minimum wage to $1 per hour, up from 75 cents per hour. Today, the federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour, though individual states can set their own minimum wages above that rate. Seems like we've come a long way from 1955, right? Well, not exactly. It's time for Econ 101, so let's look back at the history of the U.S. minimum wage. In the early 1930s, the U.S. was recovering from the Great Depression, the worst economic downturn in the history of the country. President Franklin Roosevelt proposed setting the minimum wage in 1933, but his legislation was deemed unconstitutional. It wasn't until five years later that the minimum wage would be set at 25 cents an hour, which is about $4.60 today. The idea behind a minimum wage is that it protects workers from being treated unfairly. It's supposed to set a standard to make sure that all workers have enough money to pay for the cost of living. But in practice, that's just not how a minimum wage works. Remember how we just said that 25 cents in 1933 equals $4.60 now? That's due to inflation. Like any other commodity, the value of currency changes over time. It all comes back to supply and demand. Let's say that you're starting out on Animal Crossing, and you're struggling to find 30 pieces of iron to build Timmy and Tommy's shop. Iron is really valuable at that point, so if your friend asked you for some iron, they'd need to trade you something really good to make it worth your while. But later in the game, when iron is more abundant, maybe you'll just ask your friend for something small. The same thing happens in the real world. If you look at a literal dollar bill from this year, it's the same as a dollar bill from 10 years ago, but its value changes depending on how much demand there is for the U.S. dollar. The thing is, inflation is built into the infrastructure of the U.S. economy. A small amount of inflation means that an economy is healthy because the value of the dollar is rising. But as consumers, we usually see inflation as a negative, since this means it's harder for us to make ends meet. But why is that? Well, that's because the United States minimum wage hasn't increased since 2009, yet inflation has continued at a rate of 2% per year on average. Herein lies the problem. Our minimum wage has stayed stagnant, while the cost of living in our country has continued to increase. When you account for inflation, the minimum wage hasn't really gone up since the 80s. Recently, a study from the National Low-Income Housing Coalition showed that a minimum wage worker would be unable to afford to rent a one-bedroom apartment in 93% of U.S. counties. But it doesn't have to be this way. In France, for example, the minimum wage automatically increases each year to adjust for inflation. In Australia and the U.K., a commission oversees the relationship between minimum wage and economic factors like inflation to determine how to handle the minimum wage. But in the U.S., the minimum wage is decided by politicians, and we know how hard it can be to get the branches of government to agree and pass a federal legislation. 
The issue in the U.S. minimum wage became even more obvious during the pandemic. We called grocery store workers heroes, but the reality is more complicated than that. Really, what happened was that people were being paid wages below the cost of living to risk their lives so that everyone else could stock up on food. The counter-argument here is that if we raise the minimum wage, businesses wouldn't be able to pay the same amount of employees. But this is a problem that the country has created for itself. If the minimum wage increased along with inflation, then we wouldn't be in this predicament to begin with. That's not a good enough excuse to force people into poverty simply for working jobs available to them. Just one week into President Biden's term, Senator Bernie Sanders and Representative Bobby Scott introduced the Raise the Wage Act, which would increase the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour by 2025. After 2025, the minimum wage would increase each year at the same rate that the medium income increases. The act hasn't passed, but individual states like Delaware have taken steps to make sure that there's changes like this within their own state. Economics might seem confusing, but it's important to understand how this all works because at the end of the day, it's a human rights issue. If people can't afford to pay for housing, food, and healthcare, how will they survive? Now, let's talk about music. Today, in 2012, the Summer Olympic Games in London, England closed out with an epic three-hour concert from some of the UK's most celebrated artists from across the decades, including George Michael, The Who, Spice Girls, and Muse. They called it a symphony of British music. Over 750 million people around the world watched the performance, but only 23.2 million of them were located in the United Kingdom. So some international viewers found the references to British film and culture to just fly over their heads. These references range from a monologue from Shakespeare's The Tempest to a visual nod to the satire Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The ceremony also paid homage to John Lennon and Freddie Mercury, two British musical legends who weren't alive to celebrate. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on an August 12th in my life. On August 12th, 2019, I was in a session with producer Ian Fitchick, who was the producer for Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour, um, plug for yesterday's episode. I went to see Casey live in Outside Lands 2019, and that's how I ended up working with Ian the next day on the 12th of August 2019 as well. And together we made Asking for a Friend, which is a song on Dusk, my EP that I released last year. It was a really fun song for me to make, and it was really fun working with Ian, who is one of the nicest people that I've gotten the chance to work with and be in a room together to see his creative process, and it was a lot of fun. So if you're curious about the origins of Asking for a Friend, now you know. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough.